Well, especially as you start to interview higher profile guests, that's exciting, but that's not actually going to make you successful. And in fact, that's where having more of a personality becomes even more important because those guests are interviewed by many people and many listeners will listen to that interview. They may not remember you, the interviewer. They may only focus on the guest. And so really the best way, though, to stand out is to have a very clear goal for every interview and a very clear perspective. Are you ready to become a world-class interviewer, stand out with your podcast, and create an incredible audio experience for your listeners so that they keep coming back to your show and become raving fans? Welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery, a weekly interview show where you will hear world-class podcast hosts and interviewers share their stories, tips, and strategies on how to become a master interviewer and hone your craft as a host. Are you ready to boost your confidence and inspire the masses? If so, buckle up, my friend, because this podcast will show you how. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, founder and host of the top-ranked Mindset Horizon podcast. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast today. I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode called Mastering Five Different Types of Interview with the one and only Marion Abrams. I'm truly excited for you because in this episode, we covered most of the greatest principles that can make you a world-class interviewer. We discussed the five different types of interview that Marion wrote about in one of her articles. We also talked about the four keys to conducting better interviews, the importance of showing your personality as a host in an interview, and so much more. But before we dive in, I want to let you know that if you haven't started your podcast yet, I would highly recommend you check out my podcast mastery course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course, where I'm teaching you step by step how to start your own podcast from scratch so that you can scale your impact, influence and income in 2021. For more information, simply go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash course, and you can find all the details there. All right, so my guest today is Marion Abrams, whose career began in the world of documentary filmmaking in New York City. The projects were exciting and satisfying, PBC specials, NOVA programs, but the mountains cold. She eventually settled in Vermont, where she worked on TV projects airing on PBC, NBC, ABC, ESPN, HGTV, Spike TV, OLN, and the History Channel. With the advent of the internet, she and her partners created the Emmy-nominated Vermont Spotlight online series and began consulting with brands on messaging and story. In 2011, Marion directed the documentary film Flood Bound, an intimate portrayal of her own town's resilience in the face of a natural disaster. Today, Marion's primary focus is overseeing podcasts for Spartan, including Spartan Up, which she co-created with the Spartan Race founder and CEO, Joe DeSena, podcaster influencer events for fitness and self-improvement podcasters, and her own podcast, Grounded Content. 
As always, you can check out the mentioned links, free resources, book recommendations, and show notes at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. And so without any further ado, please enjoy today's episode with the one and only Marion Abrams. Hi, Marion, and welcome to the podcast interview mastery show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am super excited to have this conversation with you today. And um, I was interested really in in your journey because you were involved in filmmaking and and different things, different creative things. Uh, Before I hit the record button, I've mentioned that I used to work as an architect. So, uh, you know, since I started the podcast, I felt really good about the creation aspect of podcasting. So I always wanted to create something and I was missing that in my professional life because I landed in a very technical field. But I'm really interested in your story of how you kind of like got involved in podcasting and, you know, how did this journey unfold for you? Yeah, I think I have my friends and family tell me that I've always been a storyteller. And that's, you know, I was that kid that came home and people would say, don't you ever talk about yourself? Because I would always be saying, you know, I met this person and telling their story, telling what happened with them. So I think it was a natural progression. And I got into video production. That's my entire career has been in video production. And similarly, it's always been helping to make connections, helping to have people understand each other or understand messages or ideas or products better, just helping to translate information and stories. And so that's what I've always loved to do with video. And about seven years ago, maybe even a little more, which is amazing to think about, I was working with uh, the CEO and founder of the Spartan Races. And I don't know if you've heard of them, but it's a international obstacle racing company. They're actually the world's largest endurance sports brand. And at the time they were not, but I was working with the founder and he had a new book out and we just decided let's start a podcast. And so Spartan Up was born and, you know, we created that. It was a video podcast. So I really came into it from the video side but I've gotten to understand the audio side more and more and appreciate that. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So how did this journey unfold in terms of, you know, working on this podcast? And and why was podcasting, you know, why did it seem a good idea, so to speak, to start? So when we were promoting his first book, one of the mechanisms for promoting it was to get on podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I think that might have been from the Tim Ferriss model. Even back then, he had this strategy for promoting his books that was more of an indie strategy. I know he said he did things like he chose the title for the four-hour work week by placing Google ads for different titles and seeing which ones performed best. And then once he found the best performer, that's what he named his book. So he had all these tactics for promoting books and one of them was getting on podcasts. So it was really just one of a scattershot approach of a million different things that we were trying, but the podcasts worked really well. And my client, Joe DeSena, found that he would be traveling around the world and people would come up to him and say, I heard you on this podcast or that podcast. And so that was what inspired us 
to start our own. Wow, that's really interesting because, you know, uh, before I hit the record button, I mentioned that I live in Hungary and podcasting is not a big thing here. And obviously, people or companies don't really look at podcasts as a way to market whatever you have to offer or whatever you have to say. And I think uh, I just wanted to kind of like, you know, get back to this point to to raise the awareness, let's say so for the listeners around this fact but i think many of them already know this but it's a great thing to have a look at and you've also launched your own podcast which is grounded content and so i was wondering about why you launched this podcast and what does grounded content mean to you so for seven years i have been behind the scenes of spartan up and I truly love that show and I love what we talk about. It's all about resilience and where mindset meets body and motivation and where that whole person comes together and we get to learn and share this great information. But there's always this sort of frustration where, you know, there's a question I wanted to ask or mm. some little change I wanted to make or a slightly different angle and I have fantastic hosts. I have a, a group of hosts at Spartan Up and I coach them and work with them and they bring so much to the show. But I really wanted to get out there and do my own podcast. And so Grounded Content is advertising, marketing and content get real. And so the idea is it's a mix of really tactical and effective meets honest and grounded. So. I like to talk to people who are experts in the field, the great thinkers, not only about how they think about making effective messages and how they actually get people to take the actions they need, whether it's to click through or purchase a product or even to understand a, a, a political idea, but also to really talk about where the lines are in terms of ethics and what the responsibilities we have as marketers, you know, when we use tactics like fear mongering or fear of missing out, all these different tactics, are, are there lines in terms of the ethics and the philosophy there? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I listened to one of the episodes uh, with Joe Polish. And uh, to be honest with you, nowadays, I'm more and more interested in, in marketing and the reason for that is I think it's really important for a business. The other reason, actually, I think the, the underlying thing for me is I, I, I love human psychology. So that's why I kind of like started the Mindset Horizon podcast. I love to learn more about humans and, you know, messaging and, and marketing and also connected to the podcast, I think is just really important to learn how you communicate, right? Effectively. And you've mentioned storytelling in the beginning, like, all these different things, I think, are really useful for a podcaster as well. And um, even if it's even if this podcast is focused on interviewing, I think uh, the overall mission is really to help podcasters communicate more effectively, tell their stories, and 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 things like that. So, what are some of the things that you've learned already? You know, by interviewing those experts on the show. Uh, were there some interesting insights for you? Well, so far, Grounded Content, there's just been a lot of little nuggets. We're only in episode five. 
So I'm excited to see what kind of through lines and patterns develop. But from that, I haven't, I haven't really, it's like, um, you know, I haven't dug them out. It's like the, there's the sculptor that talks about the, the images waiting under the stone. Um, I haven't really dug them out yet. But in terms of interviewing, I think that the key to me is to really understand the kind of interview that you want to create. And so people have this idea. I hear criticisms of interviewers. You know, they'll say, well, they interrupted too much or they talked about themselves too much or they didn't fact check. And I think the key to me is that there are these five different types of interviews There's the testimonial, the conversational, curiosity-driven, journalistic, and story-focused. And depending on the kind of interviewing you want to do, you're going to handle all those different circumstances differently. Yeah, I I was uh, really excited to dive into this topic uh, because I think one of the first steps is really the information about what kind of interviews there are out there that I can I can stick to, so to speak, as an interviewer. So I was kind of like clueless, and when I saw your <laughs> when I saw your blogs and and blog posts, I was like, wow, yeah, that's it. So information is awareness. So I kind of like now know there are five types, right? And so because I have never learned journalism, I just you know started my podcast and I went through a coach training program and I was using different skills from there. And I was like, just, you know, (laughs) doing something. But I think, you know, information is the first step which creates awareness. So I kind of like wanted to really have a deep dive into into these different types. And you've mentioned something that you were coaching the Spartan Op uh, hosts. And so I was wondering if uh, you coached them connected to how to interview people specifically. Yeah. So we have had over the years a stable of hosts Um, speaking on a variety of different topics. And so one of my favorite things to do is to really work with them to be better podcasters, to be better interviewers, to be better show hosts and help them understand how to communicate, how to think about the audience and how to structure those conversations. And just to be clear, the whole five interview styles, I have been interviewing from off camera or working with interviewers for 30 years. So the five interview styles is something that I observed. It's not something that is like taught in journalism. It's something, I don't want to say I made it up because it's it's something that I've observed, but I, I don't think this list is a standard. I love it. And I'm super excited for the listeners to hear these different types. And you even talk about something like uh, four keys to making better interviews, but let's start with the different types of, of interviews. So what are some of those types? And we can, we can dive really deep if you, if you will. Yeah. So what I can do is I can go through the five types and I'll just give a few sentences about each. And then if you want to know more, we can, we can dig in. Sure. But the five types are testimonials and that's going to be probably less relevant for podcasters, but that's when you have a business or a product or a service, and you want your customers or people you've worked with to speak about, you know, the values of it. Yeah, so the conversational interview style is that back and forth, and you think of people like Howard Stern. So nobody's going to say that Howard Stern 
shouldn't interview his guests because the guests are listening because they want to know what Howard Stern says. So the conversational is as much about the personality of the interviewer as about the personality of the guest. The curiosity-driven style is more like Terry Gross of Fresh Air or Larry King, where they go into the interview maybe with some overarching principles and curiosity, but they're really open-minded and searching and letting the interview kind of find its own way through the conversation. The journalistic interview is going to be one where there's more of a fact-checking and you're going to have more specific questions that you need to get answers to. You may not know what the answers are, but you know what the questions are and you will keep digging and maybe push a little harder, hold the guest accountable. And then the last one is story focused. And that is when somebody has observed or had an experience of their own and they're going to tell that story and you're going to help kind of walk them through the time and place to convey their story. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really interesting because let's start with the story. I mean, I have some ideas around that in terms of when it came to, for example, the Mindset Horizon podcast, I mainly wanted to tell inspiring stories. So I would say that's an inspirational podcast. And I wanted to have more storytelling in terms of helping people share their stories, right? Um, and, And what I'm trying to say here is, it's, it's just my opinion right now that it depends on what kind of podcast you have and what's the topic so that you can choose your interview style accordingly. Am I right here? Because I'm thinking about the podcast interview mastery. It's more like an information-based podcast. Like I want to share information in terms of, you know, nuggets and help people learn. Maybe I'm completely wrong here. I was just wondering about this because... When it comes to story-focused, let's talk about story-focused a little bit. What does it what does it mean and how can someone do such such an interview? So let me jump back a little bit. And in terms of conveying information, a great model is somebody like Tim Ferriss. Mm. And he's very topic and information-driven. And so, you know, these styles, everybody's going to have a little bit of an overlap. And the content that you're conveying may not necessarily dictate the style. So for example, you could be uh, doing journalistic style interviews about birthday parties, mm-hmm. or you could be doing conversational style interviews about elections. The style doesn't necessarily dictate the content and the content doesn't necessarily dictate the style. But in terms of story focused, you're going to think about leading the guest through the story. And so there are these terms that you can use. You ask questions like, what happened next? Then what did you say? A great way to bring your guest back to a moment is to ask them these questions about their senses that will place them back and kind of get them out of their automatic telling the story the way they've told it a million times. So you can actually say, you know, what did it what did it smell like? What did it sound like? What did it look like at that moment? And that helps put the guest back into that moment and tell the story from that point of view. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. And I'm, now I thought about uh, different senses, right? So what did it feel like? 
what what did you see or what happened there and um we talked about this to some extent on this podcast you know storytelling but again the reason why i'm so excited and glad that you are here is because we kind of like separated the different styles and so you know the interview when you focus on telling a story with an interview it's kind of like a style so you can choose i mean um, if you have a guest for example now i'm just you know thinking out loudly you can focus on a story throughout the whole conversation right and then as you said leading them through the story right and it may be a mix for example you did a great job of preparing me as a guest letting me know what the audience was expecting letting me know a general idea of how this would go so i could prepare and that's one of the most important keys because your guest wants to be as successful as you want to be mm -hmm. but you know your structure it looks like is a mix so in the beginning you may start with more of a story structure because you want to hear how your guest got into podcasting, what their journey was. And then you may pivot and you may be more into, you know, conveying that information. So you may be more journalistic almost, digging into some really tactical things. You really want to know what are these tactics? What are these pieces of equipment? What are these strategies? Or you may move into a conversational interview where it's really just you and I talking, well, this is what I did. What did you try? That kind of a scenario. Yeah. And um, it, <laughs> this interview style has evolved or yeah, has evolved um, unconsciously in <laughs> some shape or form. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like the case. Like I want to hear some stories because, you know, I mean, I feel more connected to the guest in that way. And then I want to kind of like dive into some specifics that can be super useful to the audience, so to speak. And uh, this is how I structured it. But again, I haven't been following any uh, principles and such. So it's really great that we can, you know, talk about these things today. And let's talk about the conversational style, because I remember you've mentioned something in the article that it's 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 the most common when it comes to podcasts and talk shows? Yeah, so the conversational, again, it's people like Joe Rogan or Howard Stern, mm -hmm. where you listen as much for their personality as for the guest's personality. And so we talk a lot or we hear a lot about the importance of listening. And of course, that's important. But in a conversational podcast, it's not just about listening. It's also about contributing and interacting. And it's about that relationship that develops. And it's easy to think that you don't need to prep for a conversational style interview. But in some ways, you have to do more prep. I think Howard Stern said he spends a week preparing for an interview, just really diving deep into the information so that he's ready to have an intelligent conversation. So what I really liked about your blog post is that you kind of like mentioned preparation connected to each of those styles. So when it came to the conversational, um, you've already mentioned uh, the preparation. I'm kind of like curious about this personality, personality aspect. What do you mean by that exactly? 
So I don't know if I'm dating myself, but if have you heard Howard Stern's show ever? Yeah. So he was a hugely popular talk show host on the radio and moved into podcasting. And he's just crazy and offensive and weird and uh, interesting. But people listen to hear what he's going to say, how he's going to ask, how, you know, they would never say he's a terrible interviewer because he interrupts the guest because that's what they are listening for. They're listening to hear his personality as much as the guest's personality. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I think, uh, again, this is the style that most podcasters follow maybe. And um, one of, in one of the conversations we talked about on this podcast about how you can show your personality so that people or listeners come back to the show and become fans, so to speak. And the way you do it, even if it's an interview, is you kind of like focus on showing your personality and who you are because people want to get to know you kind of. And if they don't know you, like, you know, how will they, you know, get to like the podcast, right? So that's something I was I was wondering about here. Well, especially as you start to interview higher profile guests, that's exciting, but that's not actually going to make you successful. And in fact, that's where having more of a personality becomes even more important because those guests are interviewed by many people and many listeners will listen to that interview. They may not remember you, the interviewer. They may only focus on the guest. And so really the best way, though, to stand out isn't if you're Howard Stern, great, you have a certain thing and you're going to you're going to interject and you're going to interact. Obviously, you don't want to be rude and distracting and you have to be aware of what your audience look is looking for. But I think the best way to really stand out is to have a very clear goal for every interview and a very clear perspective. What is up, my friend? I hope you are enjoying today's episode and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon. But first, I want to tell you a story. So you might already know that I've been hosting my other show, The Mindset Horizon Podcast, for more than a year now. And while doing so, I was experimenting with producing and releasing more content in order to grow my audience. You see, releasing content more frequently can have a huge impact on growing your download numbers. There was a time where I released daily content on the Mindset Horizon podcast, but I needed to pay a lot more for hosting services just because of doing so. On top of all that, I was thinking about starting my second podcast, the one you are listening to right now, the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. This is how I decided to look for other hosting solutions that support podcast growth. I was more than glad when I found Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host, with Captivate, you don't have to worry about paying more if you want to release more content or if you want to create more podcasts because they charge monthly fees based on download numbers. Captivate is the only podcast host that supports your creativity with unlimited podcasts for one inclusive price. That is why it was a no-brainer for me to leave my previous hosting provider and choose Captivate. So if you are thinking about producing more content for your existing show, or you want to start more podcasts, I would highly recommend checking out Captivate at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Captivate. That's MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Captivate. 
Again, releasing content more frequently can have a huge impact on your download numbers, but can you do it without paying more for hosting services? With Captivate, you absolutely can. Check out Captivate at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Captivate and start growing your show exponentially. All right, my friends, so without any further ado, let's get back to today's interview mastery episode. And so, for example, in your case, you're really focused on the art of interviewing. So even though you're talking to a variety of guests, and even if you get a super high profile podcaster on here or a super high profile interviewer on here, what's going to be unique about this, no matter how you interact with them, is that you are focused on how they interview people and how they think about interviewing. And you know that your audience is always coming to this show to hear how to be a better interviewer, to hear examples of interviewing, to hear how people learned how to interview. And that in itself will make you stand out. So if you interviewed Oprah, it's going to be a very different interview with Oprah than anyone else's. Yeah, but I think uh, it's a great topic because, you know, one of the things I was thinking about a lot is when it comes to interviews is that, you know, how can people get to know you and, and, and feel your personality? So, you know, I feel I have to share some of my stories and stuff, even if it's an interview. And and, and as I feel right now is, is it's the conversational style, right? So I believe that you know, it's important that the listeners get to know you as a host, even if you do an interview show. So how do you do that, right? And so uh, some of the guests said, you know, interviewing is great for networking and solo podcast is for authority building and getting to know you. But what if you just want to do interviews, right? So for example, I, I do that. And that's why I started this podcast, because I just wanted to do interviews. So I wouldn't actually say that a conversational interview is the only way for your personality to shine or for mm-hmm. you to stand out. If you think about a podcast like Fresh Air, Terry Gross is very well known. Yeah. She is the curiosity style interviewer. So she does a ton of research. She really does not make it about her at all. She very rarely expresses her own point of view. She almost never tells stories about her own life. And yet she's well known and she stands out because she does a great job of this curiosity style interview. So she does a ton of research and preparation, but then she lets each question lead to the next. And Larry King is another example If you listen to him talking about how he interviews, he loves to go into an interview with a blank slate and just see where it leads him. And that works for him. It's really interesting because I was thinking about this style a lot, and uh, especially in terms of preparation. And um, we can, or you can maybe talk a little bit about, you know, how to prepare for a curiosity-driven interview. But it's really like you can be really short. I mean, you know, I ask a simple question and I silence and maybe I don't share anything. I just simply ask a question, right? And then you listen and you see where it leads. So what's interesting to me is there really are infinite possibilities in Mm -hmm. this, just like there are infinite possibilities in human personalities. But if you think about preparing for a conversational, I mean, a curiosity-driven interview, Larry King and Terry Gross 
are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum from what I have read about them in terms of their preparation. Terry Gross does deep research. Larry King prefers to walk in blind. The way I think about it is kind of like the curiosity style versus the journalistic style. I almost think of it at like baking versus stir frying. So if you're going to stir fry, you do a ton of prep. You've got to chop all your vegetables. You've got to chop all your meats. You have to have everything prepared and ready. But then everything goes together in a kind of chaotic, uh, reactive way. Where baking, you do less advanced preparation, but you really have to follow a strict formula. And once it's in the oven, everything is set. There's no change. That's really interesting. And uh, I don't know, I, I think I use both like I, you know, follow my curiosity, which is more like the curiosity driven type, but I also prepare and, um, you know, prepare some questions even sometimes it's conversational. Um, I, I think it's a mixture for me right now based on what you have here. <laughs> and I think everyone is a mixture. I made this list really. Yeah to help people think about how they interview and really to counteract some of the criticisms that I would hear that didn't always apply. Again, hearing things like, I hate that, that interview is terrible. They interrupt all the time or that interview is terrible. They never share their own ideas and personality. And really there's a lot of styles that work. There are examples of excellent interviewers in multiple styles. Yeah, and uh, one interesting thing you've also mentioned in the articles is the opening question, basically, like, like, how do you start interviews? And this was actually a topic that came up a lot of times. And so to each of those, I mean, to curiosity driven, and, and I think to conversational, you've mentioned something like uh, start with an open ended question. And uh how open-ended should it be and and you know how can someone just think about the first question because a lot of times what we hear is tell us about yourself right that's the first question on a lot of podcasts and and that's such a terrible question because it it puts all number one it puts a tremendous weight on the guest and it also takes control away from the host and something that you did that i think is really important and that people don't think about enough is prepare your guest. So your guest may not know a lot about your show or your audience coming in, especially if it's somebody that you've reached out to and invited to be on. And so I think some interviewers are afraid to kind of almost like break the third wall. They're afraid to talk about the podcast. They think it has to all happen naturally and spontaneously. But the truth is, you're doing a service to your guest and to your audience by explaining to your guest what is the audience looking for. Is this a funny show? Is this a casual conversational show? Is this a dry show? Is your audience interested in, you know, like you explained to me, the type of podcasters that might be listening to this before we started? Explaining to your guest, do you want, you know, long answers or short answers? Is it casual or formal? Mm. All those things. If you throw a question like, tell me about yourself to a guest, especially if you haven't laid all that groundwork, they're just walking. You know, it's like when you walk into a, to a meeting, you first want to get 
the sense of the room before you start standing up and speaking to the to the people there. You need to know who you're talking to. And it's unfair, I think, to the guest to put that pressure on them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, really broad. <laughs> and um, yeah, because um, I, I always think about this first question, what should it be? How should we start? And uh, actually, you have written another article, or maybe it's a free guide that people can download at interviewlessons.com. And the links and everything that we mention, uh, websites and links are going to be in the show notes available on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. I just wanted to put it out there. But more importantly, four keys to making better interviews. And and one of the keys is is the preparation that you kind of like talked about right now that you want to prepare your guests. And the, the reason why I did that is first I read your article. That's one thing. But before that, I was always thinking about this whole interview process as, you know, I want my guests to be prepared and um, be able to share his or her knowledge and, and shine, so to speak, because that's that's my intention, right? My intention is not to kind of like have a bad guest on the show, right? So I need to be able to prepare them for for what's coming. Uh, that's why I did the preparation. And you talk about energy, time hop, and weight. Can we dive deeper into those as well? Yeah. So my experience for years doing interviewing was as the behind the camera interviewer. So I wasn't visible in the scene, but I would interview the guest. And then it was getting good at getting the content from the guest that I wanted. It didn't matter how I sounded, but the energy that you give to the moment drives the reaction of your guest. And so I give an example of, you know, I had worked with a, a ski area and the marketing director really wanted, had this family that loved being at the ski area and he wanted them to convey that excitement and he knew them well and he knew their story well and he kept asking these questions, but he was looking at his notes and he was so serious that they responded and mirrored that energy. And so he just couldn't get the results he wanted. And so I stepped in and even though I didn't know the family and I didn't know their story, just by sitting up tall, by showing enthusiasm, by smiling, their answers were completely different than what he was getting. And the same the other way, you know, I worked on a documentary about the results of a natural disaster in a small town. And I was interviewing one of my guests and you know that, you know, people are uncomfortable a lot of the time with deep emotion and with sadness or, or you know, anger. And so they'll kind of cover it with a laugh. And so I was asking this guest these questions and he kept kind of like laughing it off or kind of joking it off. And as a human being who has empathy, I want to do that too. So if he's uncomfortable, I want to laugh it off too and not make him uncomfortable. But I had to force myself to really look him in the eye and to take the moment seriously and to stay calm and to keep him engaged. And it was very difficult for me emotionally, but to just look him directly in the eye and not allow him to break that mood. And he did end up coming to tears and really expressing the truth of how he felt. But if I hadn't 
directed that emotion. The emotion that I bring, the energy that I bring as an interviewer is reflected by the guest. That is so powerful. I think you've mentioned in your article empathy when it comes to the um, curiosity-driven interview. Anyway, it's, it's, it's really important if you want to go, go deeper. And for me, it was really uh, something that I really liked because, um, you know, I, I had the experience with guests that sometimes we need to match the energy, right? So an interesting aspect connected to, uh, to my life, so to speak, is I, uh, for me, it's usually 5, 6, 7 p.m. when I conduct interviews from people uh, with people from the U.S., uh, especially if they are from the West Coast. And then, you know, I might have a different energy when, when it's 7 p.m., right? And so we kind of like have to match the energy in the beginning. So I would say it's even more than matching their energy. Mm. I think you can design the energy. Wow. And so you can think about, you don't want your interview to be either, you know, enthusiastic or relaxed just because that happens to be the time of day where your guest is. You want it to be enthusiastic or relaxed because that's how you design your podcast and what you think will serve the audience. And so you can gradually bring your guest's energy to match your own. Okay, that's a really, really interesting thing. So you can design energy. And so as a host, right? Do you think that's uh, that's our responsibility to, you know, help the guests match our energy that we want to bring into the interview? So if you if you haven't noticed yet, I'll almost never give you an absolute answer to these kind of questions because it really depends on the kind of show you want and the kind of goal. So for example, if you had a show where you want to deeply profile a variety of personalities you might want to make sure that you reflect their energy and present the energy that they bring because you want to show, well, this person is melancholy and this person is enthusiastic and that's part of their creative persona, for example. I love it. If you are doing a show, uh, say a motivational show, you want to make sure that even if they're having a bad day, you're bringing them up to match you. It's so interesting, uh, such an interesting topic, you know, because um, I think, you know, there are these mirror neurons, how we call them in English, I guess. <laughs> and then that's that's how we match match people. I mean, I think that's connected to empathy that you've said. So I, I think it's a really interesting topic. I don't think we've ever talked about this on this show, but it's it's obviously and and and. Uh, for example, I think about in-person interviews. It might be more important aspect that you want to kind of like pay attention to. So I noticed that in your interview, you turned off the video. And it certainly makes it more of a challenge to convey that energy without the eye contact. Mm. When I do even an audio-only interview, I will leave the video on because there's so much that I can convey just uh, with my facial expressions in how I react to what the guest is saying, mm -hmm. that's going to help them kind of get those signals of say more of that or say less of that, or you're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. So I'll, 
use those silent directives with my facial expression, even though I'm only recording audio. That's actually a great point. And I had someone on, I think just one person who does video podcasts, and he was talking about body language as well. And uh, obviously, if it's an audio only recording, we we don't have that and it can be important. And I agree. Wow. So we talked about preparation and energy. Uh, you also talk about time hop and weight and what are what are those things? So time hop is a term that I made up, and that's this sense that you need to be fully present, but also stepping into the future. And so when you're interviewing someone, you really need to listen intently. You need to make sure you're hearing what they're actually saying, but you do also need to be stepping into the future and thinking about where the interview will go. And so I will always write out questions but as they say, I have a military friend, Colonel Nye, he's one of our hosts, in fact, and he says, it's not the plan, it's the planning. And so the idea is, you know, in the military context, you do a great deal of planning and you think of all the variety of scenarios, all the assets you have, all the resources you have, all the possible problems that might come up and you make a plan. The reality is, as soon as you get into the situation, it's not what you've expected and the plan goes out the window. (laughs) But the planning makes it so that you can think on your feet and that you can respond appropriately. So it's not the plan, it's the planning. And so going through that planning process and writing out those questions prepares you for that intense listening. And the other thing is, again, that, that kind of third wall, don't be afraid to break it. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, you know, you're listening so intently that you forget about your notes and you may say to your guest, let me take a look at my notes because I know I had a point I wanted to make related to that. It's okay to reference them, to pull them out. And in fact, it shows respect to your guest that you took the time to prepare and to think through what you wanted the conversation to be. I love that. It's not the plan, it's it's the planning I love that because sometimes I felt in the interviews that, you know, I kind of like, I have the outline and the questions, but I don't really follow them. And I think planning is important, but as you are saying, I mean, it's, it was so brilliantly formulated right now. I was like, yeah, that's the one thing we haven't talked about this before, or, you know, um, I think that's great. That's great. Because I was wondering sometimes the, the notes and the questions, if I'm looking at them, it's distracting, but it's more, more about the planning. It's not about a plan. That's so, so great. And I think it's distracting if you pretend you're not looking at the notes. If you're kind of like surreptitiously glancing at something out of the corner of your eye and it becomes awkward. But if you just let the guests see the notes yeah. and you just say, I have some notes here I want to reference. Mm. then it just becomes a natural part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a really, really great point. And uh, in some of the episodes, we talked about editing and I emphasized this very fact when it comes to silence, for example, in the conversation as a podcaster, you can always edit those things out if you don't want them to be there. And it's it's uh, it's similar with the, uh, with the questions, if you're saying, okay, let me just have a look at my notes because I want to make sure that we go in the right direction and I'm asking the right questions. I mean, the questions that I want to ask, so that's completely okay. So 
it's not live radio so <laughs> exactly yeah and uh wow great great uh great keys so it's uh four keys to making better interviews and we haven't talked about the fourth which is wait yes and that's the awkward silence that's where empathy can almost get in your way because most of us who are doing interviews we like talking to people and part of enjoying talking to people is a sense of empathy and making the other person feel comfortable and that should be a part of an interview but there can be a place for silence and so if you ask a question and there is that uncomfortable silence a lot of the time our instinct is to jump in and either rephrase the question or kind of save the guest from that awkward moment but the reality is if you just bite your tongue and wait it out they will almost always say something that is deeper, more valuable, and more unexpected than you thought. Now, just to clarify, you mentioned silences and editing. You know, if you do an online interview, there are always the pauses between speakers are longer than you'd like in real life, and certainly edit those out. But the power of that silence in the interview to draw out your guest is profound. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um we have this urge to to f- uh to feel the gap, right? <laughs> If there is silence. So we want to kind of like as human beings, I think in general, uh we want to feel feel the gap. And 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 uh this is something I learned when I went through the coach training program is If you stay silent, the 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 partner or the guest feels that you are kind of like waiting for something more and they will start sharing something more, right? Yeah, and if you listen intently, you'll often hear in an interview when someone doesn't do that, you can hear that the guest was just about to really share something and they get cut off. That's pretty powerful. I love these keys, preparation, energy, time hop and wait. And you know, I was wondering as we were having this conversation, so I didn't ask you about this, but how do you get interested in focusing on interviewing skills and uh and helping people with interviews basically what i realized was again for the first 25 years of my career i was doing video interviews for documentaries for testimonials for profiles and biographies and what i would see is oftentimes my clients you know whether from a corporate side or a television side who understood story and understood the message they wanted to convey didn't understand how to get the guest or the person on the other side of the camera to say what they needed and it almost sounds it sounds like it's immoral i don't mean it that way but you can get your guest or you can get the interviewee to say almost whatever you need to them to say And I don't mean to misrepresent the truth, but I mean especially if you're working on a documentary, sometimes you need very specific pieces of the story told in a specific way in order to put all the pieces together. And you have to develop the skill to make sure you can get people to give you the content you need. So if you're interviewing a documentary, I think about it this way like If you were a teenager and you made a collage from magazines, you would pull one word from one magazine and another word from another and you make this 
assembly of them. And so making a documentary is sort of like that. You need all the pieces of the story and then you assemble them together. And if you don't have the right pieces, you can't assemble the story. So I had developed this skill throughout my career. And what I started to see was that this was something not everybody understood how to do. And so when I looked at what is it that I really know how to do deeply and well, and what is it that I might have a value that I could share with people, interviewing kind of rose to the top. That's so interesting. And uh, I was wondering, you know, throughout your career, what were some of the what were some of your best interviews and, and why? So why did you feel that, you know, one particular interview or conversation was powerful? So I would say probably uh, when I did this film about a small town's response to a natural disaster, and I interviewed about 36 residents of the town. And what was so, I think, powerful about that for me was most of the time when we're doing interviews, whether it's for podcasts or testimonials or biographies or profiles, the people we're speaking to are used to being on camera. And oftentimes they have a story that they're used to telling and they have a persona that they've developed. But these 36 interviews, most of them were people who have never been on camera and probably never will be on camera again. And so this opportunity to have these conversations with them and to help them feel empowered to tell their story and to also help kind of hold them accountable, like the story I told you about the, the man who was able to really convey the, the powerful emotions, you know, coming to tears. It, it, was, uh, it was a great opportunity for me. Wow, I really love that. And, uh, you know, I was just curious about uh, some of your experiences. And um, I, I actually, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes I think an interview is, is, is more than mainly or what most people might think about because uh, I think there's an art to it. And I was like, okay, so I want to kind of like <laughs> focus on this and figure this stuff out, <laughs> you know, with this podcast mainly. So there's an art. It's definitely an art. And I think the biggest hurdle that I found when I started helping to educate people to be better interviewers was that people don't realize it's an art. Okay, guys, here we are telling you this is an art. <laughs> and uh, I think we need to practice, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm super grateful, really, that we kind of like, you know, had this conversation and we talked about different styles because that gives people an overview of what are some of the different styles and, and they can design their interview style more consciously with this awareness, I would say. So that's already a great... Uh, thing for me and for the listeners, I'm sure. So, you know, as we are coming to the end of this episode, I usually ask my guests about either book recommendations that can help people develop their entering skills, or you've already mentioned some people that we can listen to. Uh, you've mentioned um, Howard Stern, Terry Gross, Larry King, maybe Joe Rogan as well, Tim Ferriss. 
So do you have uh, maybe a, a book in mind that is helpful? If not, that's okay. I'm just, I just usually ask about these resources so that people can, you know, read something when they have time. Well, you warned me about this. So I have, I have two books that I love that are a little bit not specific to interviewing, but one is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. It's an incredible book that helps you understand what your audience needs. And that's really the most essential part of interviewing is understanding how you can serve your audience. And then the other one that it's one of my absolute favorites is called The War of Art, and that's by Stephen Pressfield. And that's not so much about interviewing, but it's about pushing yourself creatively. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Funny story with uh, building a story brand is I ordered a book about one month ago and uh, for some reason it couldn't arrive. So I got a message or an email from Amazon that it's not going to arrive. And I wanted to have the physical book because I kind of like prefer physical books. And uh, I will reorder the book because I really wanted to to read that. Many people actually uh, suggested that when it came to either marketing or business or just building uh, a brand or a business around uh, with a powerful story. So I really wanted to uh, read that book. Yeah, so before I ask my last question, where can people learn more about you and what's the best way to connect with you? So everything, uh, the hub for everything is madmotion.com. That's M-A-D-M-O-T-I-O-N.com. And I'm on Twitter at madmotion. I'm on Instagram at madmotion. I think I might even be listed under madmotion on LinkedIn. And from there, you can find the Grounding Content Podcast if you want to listen to some of the best marketing and content experts talk about their tactics and their philosophy and their ethics and from there, you can also find interviewlessons.com, where a lot of the articles that we've referenced here are posted. Yeah, absolutely. Great articles. Thank you so much for uh, writing them and creating them. And all these links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. So people can check out everything there. And yeah, my last question is, how do you see yourself in the future? What's your future vision for your podcast? For grounded content, I think it's just infinite learning. That podcast is really more of a personal journey for me, driven by my own curiosity and the opportunity to have these great conversations with people and learn from them. I love that. You actually mentioned uh, the reasons why I started the Mindset Horizon podcast learning platform and curiosity <laughs> serving the audience just secondary <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> just kidding um yeah marian thank you so much for being on the show it's been a huge pleasure thank you so much thank you so much i hope that it was valuable for the audience and for you i appreciate you joining us for this episode of the podcast interview mastery show if you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded podcasters, make sure to join the podcast Interview Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview nation. If you want to check out the details, show notes, book recommendations, interview tips, and free resources, please make sure to head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I will catch you next time. And until then, be world class, my friend. <laughs>